Hi, welcome to the results bulletin for season two, episode two. Unfortunately, Trev cannot be with us for this results bulletin. He is back from cruising the fields, but professional commitments preclude his attendance for this particular recording. He sends his love. He still loves you. He is coming back. There's no split. We're still friends. In his place, we have a special guest, handpicked from the substitute bench. Please welcome Chris Higgins to which decade? Hi, Chris. Hello. And as always, we have Nick Parkhouse. Hello. And I decided not to reactivate the Trev bot for this bulletin. Once was enough, I feel. So let's crack on. Firmly in last place. And this is way behind the rest of the pack. Possibly the most conclusive last place we've ever had, actually. Earning minus one point for the 1970s. It's when by Shawadi Wadi. We got some comments. So James, Centuries of Sound, he says, I really like the Kalin Twins original. That delicate, minimalist, late 50s production and the Twins' identical voices. Shawadi Wadi's version, on the other hand, has all the glamour of a summer season at Rill without any of the rainy, melancholy charm. It's not like it's a bad record exactly, just one which could be erased tomorrow and it seems unlikely that anyone would even care or notice. Break says, I got taken to see Shawadi Wadi while on a seaside holiday in the late 70s. I went into that show a normal kid and came out a lifelong pop fan. It was magical. The synchronised dance steps, the costume changes and the sheer sensory overload. I don't own this or any other of their records and don't intend to, but they hold a special place in my heart. I can't make it number one, though, because I can't imagine ever wanting to listen to it and spoil my memory of that show. Well, Tim simply says, I think the question should really be why? So it's like Trev last time going on his seaside holiday to Butlins and saving the holiday with a quip about living in a box. Craig Shawadiwadi was the gateway drug to his lifelong love of pop music. You never know where it's going to strike. I think Shawadiwadi were more or less designed for holiday camps in the 70s. It's certainly where they've ended up. <laughs> it's gone full circle. This is not the... Um... Confession I anticipated making. My first ever live gig was the special supported by the selector, which it was in terms of gigs I paid for. But actually, the first gig I went to, dragged along by some family friends, was Shawadiwadi at Coventry Apollo. And I sometimes forget that. Was it good? I mean, it was, it was good. It was my first live gig. But I was too young. I was probably about 10. So I wasn't rushing out to buy any of their records. I don't think I own any of their records and I did put it in last place on my list as well. So there you go. I've no loyalty. I like the Kaylin Twins original much better. Oh, and it turns out that my partner Kevin had similar impure thoughts about Shawadi Wadi at a very similar stage of life, but we won't go back there. Fear not. I have very impure thoughts about Shawadi Wadi, but not for the same <laughs> reasons as you, I don't think. <laughs> to be fair, there were a lot of them, so there probably was something for everyone. Sheer waste of numbers. Was it Romeo that you liked? Well, it's funny you should say that, but uh, yes, that's the one I remember most. Romeo Challenger. Good motor, that. Right, into the Met Zone. First up in the Met Zone, we have, representing the 2010s, something just like this by the Chainsmokers and Coldplay. Joris says... That Chainsmokers Coldplay song is the definition of meh. 
That drop is so limp and disappointing. Malcolm, the break doctor, says, I'm not the world's biggest lover of this style of EDM, but for whatever reason, this totally hits the spot. It's emotionally moving. Winner for me. Maybe I'm a secret accountant. James says, the two things I dislike about Coldplay are A, Chris Martin's voice and B, Chris Martin's lyrics. So I'm afraid they don't stand much of a chance here. And the Chainsmokers, the least interesting of all EDM acts, with their identical two-note songs and lane drops, are not helping either. So this is mainly wallpaper paste clogging up the charts. However, there is a moment when the guitars come in at the end, which slightly saves it from the bad and hated zone. Yes, that accountant comment that Malcolm made. I repeated my partner Kevin's rather waspish put down of Coldplay that they make music for accountants from Milton Keynes, which might be a bit unfair, but I bet you every single accountant in Milton Keynes loves Coldplay. My role on this whole escapade is essentially just to defend the indefensible. So I'm very upset that Coldplay did so terribly badly because I think this is an absolute banger. I'll tell you what I did notice um, when listening through to the last episode, we all had a lot to say about the Chainsmokers and about Coldplay, and it was one of our longer segments. However, none of us really had anything to say about the actual song whatsoever, and that kind of emphasises my feelings about the song as well. I did say that maybe if I'd heard it out on a night out with a bunch of friends and the DJ put it on and we all went, oh, it's this one, and we all put our arms around each other and sang along, then I would have memories and I would have context, and I might have enjoyed it more. So what I did was, the week after we recorded that episode, I got a remix of the Chainsmokers Coldplay song. It just ups the tempo a bit. I played it out. I did a little sort of mini EDM set to kind of challenge my prejudices. I played Avicii's Levels, all that sort of thing. My God, Chainsmokers and Coldplay went down an absolute storm. People were singing along. People were beaming. There were high fives. So now I have context. Now I slightly understand the song a bit better. I think that probably is the remix. Because the thing I have about that song is that it has potential to be a dance banger, but it just isn't. It doesn't get there. And I agree, two, two of those comments used the word lame, didn't they? I think it promises much. But it doesn't get there. When you think it's going to get there, it ends. Yeah, I agree. I've never been out and heard it in public, in a club or anything like that. I love it. I think it's great. It's a great song. Chainsmokers are great. Coldplay are great. Song is great. There you are. We talked about the song. Song is great. Also in the Met Zone, but only by the merest of whiskers, we have, for the 1960s, Ha Ha Said the Clown by Manfred Mann. Mark says... Not much of a song, but some really great noises, especially on the verses. Big, big fan of a Shell Talmy production. Malcolm says, met all day long. Other songs are done much better with similar lyrical ideas. Can't share any enthusiasm for this. I agree with Nick, this belongs in the bargain bin. James says, this is an early example of a UK site subgenre known as Toy Town Pop. There's a decent compilation on Cherry Red if you want to investigate further. An enjoyable stomp, not much lasting value for me, but it does its job well. I did have a look at that Cherry Red comp of Toy Town Pop. Cherry Red are an amazing label for these real crate digger compilations, three CD compilations of really obscure 
areas of music. If I was a man of means, I honestly, I'd buy all of them. I did notice that Ha Ha Said the Clown is on that compilation, but not in the Man for Man version. In the Tony Hazard version, Tony Hazard originally wrote the song. Yes, Cherry Red seems to find those subgenres that you've never heard of, and then, like you said, fill three CDs worth of them. They do some amazing compilations. It's interesting these retrospective genres because psych pop that we talked about last time was a retrospective genre. Freak beat. That's another one invented by record collectors. And a bit later, Boogie, with very particular style of early 80s dance music. That wasn't coined until a few years later as well. We've got to call this stuff something. I love the idea that somebody just gone, I don't think it's a song. It's a nice collection of noises. I mean, they might as well have just got a child with a Fisher-Price train and pressed a doorbell noise and cymbals. Also, that B-side that you mentioned, Nick, because Man From Man were very much, we're a B-sides band. We just kept forced to do this pop nonsense on the A-side. I played that B-side, and it, although it's very different, it does start with a clown-style ha-ha-ha. My hope is that Manfred Man never come up again. I feel that we've done it. Manfred has had more coverage than his success deserves here, I think. They were number one when I was born. Not with that song, obviously. So I feel some kind of bond with them. Pretty Flamingo, yeah? Don't tell everyone my age. (laughs) If Pretty Flamingo comes up, we'll invite you back on, Chris. That only seems fair. Right. Top three time. Just edging into third place. And this was only determined by our very final set of votes. Earning one point for the 1980s. Living in a box by Living in a Box. Craig says... My memory of it was better than reality. It's got that tinny 80s production and just sounds way too serious without having any actual emotion in it. Nobody who made this record was enjoying themselves. James says, I was eight when this came out and this is my first idea of this is what pop music sounds like. So it's still hard to get a grip on this for me. It's like scoring filtered tap water. It quenched my musical thirst but I couldn't make out any flavour. Now, Mark, I should say Mark hated it and placed it last, but um, he has quite a few things to say about the other retrospective genre we talked about last time, Sophisty Pop. So this is what Mark says. This is probably wildly unfair, but to me, the retrospective Sophisty Pop tag bundles together what to me at the time were multiple strands, but maybe broadly could be put into two camps. The first were actual pop sophisticates, following on from ABC and Scritty Politi. So Hue and Cry with their big bag of Baths and Baudrillard books, Swing Out Sister with their enviable stash of obscure French soundtrack albums, The Blow Monkeys and their cocktail party socialism. Not that any of this, apart from the French soundtrack albums, is necessarily a benefit to pop, but these groups all seem to have something genuinely different to offer. At the other end were a bunch of blokes in estate agent suits producing either very bland music or music with a nasty mid to late 80s blare to it. And the prime example of the latter are living in a box. A bit of reading tells me that him out of living in a box went to Oxford. But I think our current government spectacularly shows how utterly mediocre you can be and get an Oxford degree. Uh, P.S. Curiosity Kill the Cat maybe are somewhere in the middle. They never seem too bright, but they did have your actual Andy Warhol in a video. Little dissertation there on Sophisty Pop from Mark. Thank you for that. Supposed to drink water. It's very good for you. and You're supposed to drink lots of it. Just to complete the filtered tap water analogy there. 
Drink more water, kids. You see his problem in ranking water. You can't really rank water. I can't tell me Evian from me Harrogate. <laughs> what I think I'm saying is you know, nobody likes water, do they? It's something that you have to do and you have to drink a lot of it. Nobody loves it. And maybe that's what pop music is. You need it. It's nourishing and it's important for life. But you don't necessarily have to love it, do you? Just like Cathedral City Cheese. Exactly. Sometimes you want a Vimto, glass of wine, but you need a lot of water to survive, don't you? That was an impressive list of bands in that very long comment. And I can confirm that Blow Monkeys and Swing Out Sister even lumped themselves together because I saw them both at one gig once. Ah. One was supporting the other. Maybe they were rotating their support so that they weren't offending each other. I think that's probably what was happening. And I think I'd just kind of tag along, Climby Fisher and go west with some of those. Oh, first mention. I had nothing to do with that. Listeners, viewers, I had nothing to do with that whatsoever. <laughs> Chris, you will not be aware of this, but Climby Fisher have been mentioned in every single episode of this podcast to date, by hook or by crook, by whatever tenuous means necessary. And you have supplied... The inevitable. I uh, I loved Hue and Cry. Well, still love Hue and Cry. Hue and Cry, magnificent, fantastic band. Let us leave the late 80s behind and progress into the top two. And as you may have worked out, we are left with a Gwen Stefani double punch. So, in second place, earning two points for the 2000s, it's The Sweet Escape by Gwen Stefani featuring Akon. Mark says, this has aged pretty well. Who also mentioned the episode is by some distance my favourite Gwen Stefani single. James says, solid 2000s pop. There's a lot to enjoy in here from the yee-hoos to the double speed vocal sections. I feel it just needs something else to lift it, but maybe that's my problem. Tim says, this is always playing at bars when I'm on holiday. So just hearing it makes me think I'm sat in the sun with a sangria in hand. See also, that's ketchup. I agree with James, by the way. It's exact, exactly my problem. Lots of lovely things. Just need something else to lift it and make it progress. Are we lumping Gwen Stefani's Sweet Escape with Last Ketchup here? Well, I think we are. It's all about context, isn't it? That seems a little harsh on Gwen, I would say. Just a tad. One being an uh, utterly ridiculous novelty pop song, and the other one being Last Ketchup. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Um... Sorry. Fantastic pop song, Last Ketchup. I would defend it to the death. That's what I need to do for your future episode. We need a list of condiments that have made the charts. All the mustards and mayonnaises and... Is Worcester sauce a condiment? It's not really, is it? But tartar, there's bound to be a load of them, isn't there? Yeah, just, just park that thought until salt and pepper come up. We have a very clear winner. This was absolutely streets ahead of the opposition. Most people voted it in first position. Well earned three points to the 1990s. Don't speak by no doubt. Alex says, it's as if they wrote a great power ballad, then sat down as a band to make a list of all the reasons why all reasonable people deplore power ballads and resolved that they wouldn't fall into those traps. So the rhythm's more interesting. The drums aren't overproduced. The orchestration's subtle. They've gone for laid-back acoustic rather than cliched L.A. guitar solo, and nothing gets overwrought in the final verse. Very classy. Craig says, head and shoulders above all the rest of this selection. Great arrangement, and I really love Gwen's voice on this. Mamoubal says, I listen back to Tragic Kingdom, and I'm not sure how I never realised No Doubt did Scarpunk. 
Just a Girl was used by Marvel for the Captain Marvel film. So this might be partly the source of a rekindling of no doubt popularity with the kids, I think. That was a direct reply to your query last time, Nick. You weren't sure why Just a Girl was back with the youth. Yeah, it was my daughter and she's heavily into the Marvel. So that will be exactly the reason. Yeah, Early 97 was the time when we were going through rapid turnover of number ones and Don't Speak put an end to that after five one week number ones it actually managed to stay at the top for a second week and then a third good knowledge (laughs) that's a wrap on the express results bulletin we will be back in a couple of days time with season two episode three and i have an announcement to make about season two episode three this is going to be a special episode which we are calling which decade is tops for eurovision we'll be using the same magic randomizer system as before But instead of looking at six songs from six top tens, we'll be looking at six songs from six Eurovision top tens exactly 10 years apart. I can't wait. We don't have to because we're about to record it. You guys, just a couple of days and it'll be with you. Until then, it's bye from me. Bye from Nick. Bye bye. And bye from Chris. Bye. Bye bye.